Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Nature Podcast. This week, it's our annual festive spectacular. There'll be games... There'll be seasonal science songs. And we'll be hearing about some of the people who've made an impact on the world of science this year. I'm Benjamin Thompson. And I'm Noah Baker. So here we are then, Noah. We've got a packed show today. Later on, we'll have Sharmini's latest end-of-year festive challenge in which a few of us tried to describe some complex science stories only using very simple words. I haven't heard this yet, but I have heard it being discussed and I can't wait. I'm a massive XKCD fan, which is where this idea originated from. But before we do that, let's start with a song. Earlier on this year, you might remember a certain momentous flight of a helicopter on Mars. NASA's Ingenuity craft became the first vessel to fly on another planet. And in this song, we pay tribute to it. This is O Powered Flight, written by me and performed by the Simon Langton Boys School Choir, directed by Emily Renshaw Kidd. If you want to sing along, you can find the lyrics in the show notes. Oh, 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 
That was O Powered Flight, performed by the Simon Langton Boys School Choir, directed by Emily Renshaw Kidd. So, Noah, we're coming towards the end of 2021, and it has been a big year in science once again. Absolutely. Obviously, coronavirus has dominated many of the news cycles. We've had variants that pop up. We've had massive issues of vaccine inequity to talk about. But outside of that, inequity issues have really been brought to the fore. That's something that's been discussed a lot. We've also had huge developments in other parts of science. So we've had missions flying helicopters on Mars. We've had programs that can solve long-running problems in protein structural biology. And of course, it's been a massive year for climate change as well. We had the COP26 conference in Glasgow as well as lots of developments with things like extreme weather. An awful lot to talk about. Oh, 100%. And every year, nature takes a look back at some of the big science stories of the year and the people who were important to them. And this year, of course, is no different. And that's Nature's 10. And later in the podcast, we'll be hearing about a few of the folk who made the list this year. But before we get to that, it's time for a bit of holiday fun. She's put her sparkly jacket on, introducing quiz show host extraordinaire Sharmini Bundell. everyone and welcome to this year's end of year festive challenge. I am your host, Shamini Bundell. I've put together a fiendishly difficult communication challenge for my three competitors. To start off with, we have your favourite ever nature briefing editor. It's Flora Graham. Happy holidays. We have the most glorious and stripy of podcast hosts. It's Benjamin Thompson. Thank you very much, Shamini. You're, you're, of course, referring to my top for those people who aren't at home. I do have an array of Breton stripes, of one of which I'm very much wearing today. And I'm excited to be here. Listeners, you're missing out on all the stripes that we get to see here on the Nature <laughs> Podcast. But it is not as fantastic as... Nick Petrich Howe, who is wearing a bow tie today. Thank you for putting the effort in. That's okay. This is the bow tie I like to wear when I crush my enemies. So you guys are going down. (laughs) Challenge accepted. Be afraid. This year's challenge involves looking back over some of the fascinating science stories that we have covered in the Nature Podcast and the Nature Briefing during 2021. And the challenge is to tell your fellow competitors about these wonderful stories. But of course, it's not that easy. The competitors may only communicate using the 1,000 most common words in the English language. Now, you might remember there was an XKCD comic about this idea, for those of you familiar. Um, And we'll be using today a, a special text editor made by Theo Sanderson, which you can type into and it'll tell you if you've used a word that is not in the list of the top 1,000 most common English words. And I am going to be dealing out arbitrary festive points today for you all, depending on how well you explain the news stories um, and kind of how quickly everyone else is able to guess what on earth you're talking about. So let's start off with Flora Graham. Now, I have sent you in a very top secret message some information about this particular story from this year. Okay. Okay, big long nose animal. (laughs) Brilliant. Had little bits in its teeth that were very old. Is this the mammoth tusk where they revealed they found the DNA or something, or the proteins in the mammoth tusk that showed its journey over time? Ooh, it is not that story. That was No. A, that okay. was another very similar story we reported on. This is not quite that. Okay. Good guess, though. Um, was this the oldest mammoth fossil ever discovered or something like that? Or was it the oldest DNA? 
You've got it. Uh, the oldest mammoth. DNA found in mammoth teeth. Yeah. Or as I like to call them, big long nose animal. <laughs> yeah, that one helped get a better idea of the uh, the mammoth family tree, right? I think it was hidden in the permafrost and then for, for years and then some, some researchers found it and managed to get the oldest DNA on, on record, right? It's amazing. It was in the permafrost for 1.6 million years and it did help identify a whole new kind of mammoth which lived in Siberia. Yes, this was in the, in the mammoth's molar teeth and it was the uh, oldest ancient DNA found. Excellent team effort there, I think. Right, Nick Petrich, how? Oh, no. <laughs> it's a complex one. Let's see how well you do. The fact you're sitting there, Nick, with your head in your hand suggests that this is going to be a tricky one. It's not going to be easy, but let's see. If I start talking very staccato, it's because I'm typing the words as I'm saying them to see if I can use them. Okay, let me think about this. Nope. <laughs> uh, okay, flying animals. Flying animals, right. Birds. Can. Uh, flying Ooh. animals can find Flying animals way. detect magnetic fields using special cells in their eyes. Yes, exactly. Quantum physics in their yes. eyes. <laughs> oh, flora. It's quantum compass. That was just such a great story. It's <laughs> an awesome story. I mean, it was, the sto- it was one of the stories of the year, I think. Everywhere I go, people are like, have you heard about the bird's eyes? And I'm like, I know. It's amazing. We covered this one in pod and we have a wonderful video on it. And yes, it's about particular structures in the eyes of birds that are helping them migrate using the Earth's magnetic field. Field lines almost like they could maybe see the Earth's magnetic field lines. Excellent. I'd say that was pretty successful. Um, Benjamin Thompson, right. it is your turn. Huh. Okay. Right. Um, big. Always a good start. Not veg. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not a. That's not a all right. Let me start again. Big. <laughs> This is really tough. World's biggest vegetable discovered. <laughs> Big water animal is not dark. <laughs> Here we go. Big water animal is not dark far underwater. Is, that, is the best I can come up with right now. <laughs> oh, this is the story where sharks, they glow on their underside. Is that the story? Yeah, that's, Nick, I'm, I'm astonished you managed to get that from that. Yeah, this is a, a giant luminous shark that was discovered off the coast of New Zealand. Sharman, I'm sure you can tell us a bit more about it. Yeah, so it's the biggest known luminous vertebrate and they basically didn't know that these sort of deep sea sharks had this like glow-in-the-dark ability, which is, of course bioluminescence is quite common down there but um this was quite a quite a new discovery on these big sharks excellent well done nick right nick getting harder let's see how you do this one is really hard and i'll I'll do my best with it but there's so many like words that i don't know how i'm going to replace but let me have a go no more bad make car go thing in the world huh very nice Oh, no more leaded petrol. Leaded petrol is now illegal for standard vehicles everywhere in the world. It was just made illegal in its last place, although it is still used in like some certain niche applications. Yes. As the UN put it, the era of leaded petrol is over. That was an amazingly efficient clue and uh, I mean, to be fair, these are stories I picked for the briefing. So I'm like, (laughs) these are some of my favorite stories, you know, such important stories. (laughs) One last challenge for you, Flora. And I've once again, I've tried to up the You've, you've been doing great so far so i'm hoping to find something that can that can really challenge you here 
I know you'll remember this story. This is a huge story. Okay, so. <clears throat> oh, not allowed to use that word. No. <laughs> nope. Can't use that one. <laughs> oh my goodness, this sounds like a tough one. Finally. We've tripped Flora up. <laughs> okay, I feel like it does need another word, but here we go. Life on hot space rock? No! <laughs> Huh. Huh. Hot space rock. What um, could be a hot space rock? Like Mercury or something like that? Venus, maybe? No life on Venus? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, a lot of discussion about, was it sort of certain certain molecules in the atmosphere that may or may not have been made by life? Is that is that right? That's right. We're talking about phosphine gas on Venus. Yes. And it's this idea that it maybe phosphine is like a byproduct of some kind of organic molecule action happening in the atmosphere of Venus. Some people say yes, but at, then there was some, some pushback from other researchers saying, as I put it, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was actually in 2020 when some people published some evidence about phosphine gas in the atmosphere of Venus, which would be sort of quite significant um and then the story that we reported on this year said we think it's probably sulfur dioxide instead and there's been a lot of skepticism of that particular claim but you know it's not it's not settled yet right benjamin thompson i don't know where to start with this one um here we go bottom drag lets out bad air more than fly time <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's the best i could do this is about button jeans versus zip fly Jeans. It couldn't be more not about that if I tried, for to be honest with you. Let me see if I can add some more words. Um, bottom drag lets out bad air. More than fly time. Bad for hot times. Bad for hot times. Bad for climate change, maybe? That bit? Climate change, Nick, yes. Is this about planes not being very efficient or something and that being bad for climate change? More emissions or something like that? Here we go. I've got, I can put another word in. Bottom bed drag lets out bad air. More than fly time. Oh, is this okay? About... Climate change effects of trawling is worse than fl flying or something. Like the carbon emitted by bottom trawling is has a, is greater than all the people flying around. Flora, you are a genius <laughs> to get that from that. So apparently, the the marine sediments are the world's largest carbon sink, and the trawling releases as much carbon dioxide as the entire aviation industry the entire aviation wow bad for hot times yeah i mean i've been flippant there but that does seem super bad right i had to have some serious stories had to have some climate change stories in here wonderful well i think that's probably all we have time for the struggles that you have endured will <laughs> i'm sure be put to good use next time you're doing a podcast piece a briefing writing a headline who won oh who won <laughs> you know what I think this is this is controversial, but I'm going to have to give the winner award to Flora. Congratulations. Well, thank you all so much for joining and we'll see you all soon and happy nearly the end of 2021. I should have been in that quiz. I would have nailed it. Anyway, next up, we have the second and final installment of our holiday songs for this year. It's easy to forget in a year so dominated by COVID that there were other huge stories in science. One which came to mind when we started thinking about these songs was AlphaFold, an algorithm created by DeepMind which was able to solve protein structures better than any algorithm ever before. This has been a huge and long-running problem in biology and something we thought should be immortalised in song. 
Last year we got a tweet asking for more Hanukkah representation in these songs. I hope that what you're about to hear does some justice to that request. This is Alpha Fold, O oh Alpha Fold, written by Kerry Smith and myself, with everything else, and I mean everything, the arrangement, all the instruments, all the vocals, recording, mixing, the lot, by the marvellous, multi-talented, musical wizard, Phil Self. Oh, Alpha Fold, oh, Alpha Fold can solve all our peptides. 3D shapes and structures, the latest from DeepMind. This smart algorithm will give you a treat. Add amino acids and out pop protein. So let go of cryo electron microscopy. All you need now is some processor pass. Say goodbye to crystallography. All you need now is some processor pass. Say goodbye to crystallography. Oh, Apple Fold, oh, Apple Fold, you've gone on a mission. Competition, a fundamental problem in biology, protein design and drug discovery. So let's go of cryo electron microscopy. All you need now is some processor power to away with crystallography. But still neural networks are turning some heads Just wait until deep learning trumps experiments We'll let go of cryo-electron microscopy All you need now is some processor power Do away with crystallography All you need now is some processor power Do away with crystallography all you need now is some processor power Do away with crystallography That was AlphaFold, O oh AlphaFold Written by Kerry Smith and me and performed by Phil Self Now on the show, it's time for a little reflection on some of the people who have shaped science in the past 12 months And who better to do so than Richard Van Norden One of Nature's Features Editors And our very own Nick Petrich Howe <laughs> Richard, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Nick. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. Thank you so much for joining me. So one of the ways that nature likes to look back over the past year in science is with Nature's 10. Richard, for the uninitiated, what is Nature's 10? So Nature's 10 is our pick of 10 people who played a part in big science stories this year. Uh, it's, not, it's not a top 10 list, but it's our way of reflecting and what happened in the past year, and some of the people who mattered in those science policy happenings and events. And this year has been one that has again been dominated by the ongoing pandemic. And something that has cropped up time and time again, and of course is of serious concern right now, is variants. Now, Richard, one of the people on the list has been key to the identification and tracking of some of these variants. Can you tell me a little bit about Tulio de Oliveira? Yeah, so de Oliveira and his team are in South Africa. And our listeners may already have heard of him because 
This year, his team announced the discovery of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. That was in November. And all of that had a little bit of an eerie similarity to last year when his team announced the discovery of the beta variant of the coronavirus in South Africa. So Tulio is really the leader of sequencing efforts in South Africa to try and chronicle and track new variants of the coronavirus as they arise. And we've picked him not just because he's been central to the tracking of variants of this virus, but also because he's really been leading the way in showing the importance of having disease surveillance around the whole world. And as you mentioned, uh, he was part of the effort that detected Omicron in South Africa. Now, this was at a risk of sanctions, which did eventually happen, from other countries. But he pushed ahead on with that anyway. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Mm, he suspected that the announcement might bring travel bans. And some South Africans, some politicians have even queried why he's making these pronouncements, because they see that it only brings travel bans to South Africa. But he says, you know, this is the way you stop a pandemic. is by quick action. You can't just wait and see. So it was the right thing to do for his team. Now, he leads the KwaZulu-Natal Research, Innovation and Sequencing Platform, which was created in 2017. And it's tracked many other pathogens as well. But with coronavirus, we've never seen so many different samples of the virus sequenced in such a short period of time. Millions and millions of sequences have been uploaded online. De Oliveira is now moving to set up something called the Centre for Epidemic Research, Response and Innovation, and it's going to house Africa's largest sequencing facility, and it will work to control epidemics in Africa and the global south. Well, obviously very important work and work that has informed policy in real time. And keeping on the COVID topic, one of the other people highlighted this year has been an important voice in the battle for vaccine equity, Winnie Bianyima. What can you tell me about her and why she was chosen? Yeah, so Winnie Bianyima is the head of UNAIDS. That's the United Nations programme on HIV. But we've chosen her because she's been one of the prominent voices for health equity and reducing inequality. And when it comes to coronavirus, that's all about getting vaccines everywhere around the world. Even as early as 2020, she was saying that low and middle income countries can't just rely on donations. The only way to get vaccines to everyone is to have loads of companies manufacture them, get systems of distribution everywhere. Now, that hasn't actually happened. Companies have held tightly to the manufacturing rights of their vaccines. Wealthy countries have got most of the vaccines. And this is all rather reminiscent for Bianima of her experience with the AIDS epidemic in the early 2000s, when there were life-saving drugs available, but not in her home country of Uganda. So Bianima really finds all this infuriating. She says the idea that you can sell a life-saving technology like you would sell, as she puts it, a luxury handbag is immoral and greedy and wrong. And, and she co-founded a group called The People's Vaccine. She's been trying to change thinking by pointing out to leaders that supporting vaccine equity furthers their own goals, right? Getting vaccines everywhere will help quell this pandemic for the whole world. So as you mentioned, uh, companies have sort of held on to the manufacturing rights to these vaccines. So have there been any successes on this front? Mm. When the United States in May, I mean, the, the US ordinarily defends patents, but it actually supported a proposal from South Africa and India to waive the intellectual property around COVID vaccines. 
Now, there's a lot of work to be done from there because the European Union and other countries are still opposed to this kind of waiver. And the companies that own the IP are not licensing their technologies and they're not sharing the knowledge needs to produce them much. And they still say that waivers would undermine innovation. But Bianima, she's certainly been a figurehead for these kinds of arguments. And in fact, she goes further than that. It's not just about these vaccines. It's pointing out that inequality and equity drives the spread of illnesses all around the world, all kinds of illnesses. And at UNAIDS, she's putting equity at the centre of its work. So pointing out that the way to defeat illnesses is not only and not just by getting vaccines and, and drugs uh, everywhere, but also to address existing inequalities in access to, well, medical treatments, but also water, sanitation, living conditions, work, and so on. And the people we talked to said, you know, Winnie Bianima's sort of driving this conversation way before other people have thought about it. Well, obviously, there's still a way to go on this one. And I'm sure we'll hear about this more next year. But moving away from COVID, now, one of the other big science stories this year has been about the Red Planet. Mars has seen quite a few visitors this year from agencies around the world. And in this year's Nature's 10, we've highlighted one of the key people behind China's rover, Jiang Rongchao. Yeah, Jiang Rongchao is the chief designer on China's Mars mission. And he's really played a, a key part in the decision to send sort of in one shipment, an orbiter, a lander and a rover to Mars. That's uh, China's the first country to do that. And coordinated a team of tens of thousands who built and operated this Tianwen-1 mission and the Zhurong rover. Notoriously, it's very hard to land on this planet and nearly half of all missions to Mars have ended in failure. So a big success for China this year and something that Zhang has been working towards for many, many years and part of the mission here for China was to demonstrate its ability to get a mission to Mars. But Zhang has also pushed for a lot of science to be brought into this as well. What sort of new science is going to be done and has been done with China's rover and orbiter? Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that the primary goal of this mission was to sort of develop China's deep space mission prowess. But the rover does have six scientific instruments and the orbiter has seven. And we're going to learn more about a previously unexplored patch of Mars in the Northern Hemisphere. The rover landed on this impact crater called Utopia Planitia, and now it's heading towards a region that might once have been the coastline of an ancient ocean. So hopefully we'll learn something more from that about the geology of this region and what happened to water on Mars. Data collected by these instruments have been shared with about two dozen teams, and results are kind of slowly seeping out. So there's a little bit of science coming here. I, I don't think there'll be as much as, as will come from NASA's mission. And probably the real research is going to come later for China. China's going to launch a mission to an asteroid to get a sample from an asteroid in 2024. And it's going to go to Mars again in 2030. Well, for the final person I wanted to talk about will bring us right back down to Earth. And this year was also a key year in the battle against climate change. We saw COP26 here in the UK, where nations updated their targets in an attempt to keep us on track to limit warming to 1.5 degrees. Now, in Nature's 10, we've highlighted Victoria Tally Corpus. What role has she played in fighting climate change? We've chosen Tally Corpus 
because she has fought for decades for the rights of indigenous peoples. She herself is an indigenous leader from the Philippines. And she's scored major successes this year at COP26. Several wealthy nations and, and some philanthropies stepped up with $1.7 billion to help indigenous peoples preserve forests and protect biodiversity. That was really a watershed moment for Tauli Corpus's work. She has been for many years trying to convince people that the best way to preserve forests and other biodiversity hotspots is to work with the indigenous peoples who already live there. And this, in fact, is something that very recently has been backed up by scientific literature. It's only really been in the past five or ten years that satellite data has shown that indigenous territories are less prone to deforestation and mining and building dams, all things that can be environmentally harmful, than areas without Indigenous peoples living in them. And as I understand it, she has personal experience and decades of it in this space. Yeah, she grew up in the mountains of the Philippines in in Igorot village. And in the 1970s, the regime of the former president, Ferdinand Marcos, wanted to log her people's forests and installed a dam in the river. And she helped lead the opposition. She actually stopped the dam being installed. And from that, she sort of realised how the fates of indigenous peoples, like like her background and, and, and the world's forests, are intertwined. So what she's sort of working on now at her foundation in the Philippines is to help indigenous communities gain rights to their traditional lands and bolster their own governance systems, right? Because now this money is available, they'll be wanting to propose projects and access these funds. As she puts it, it's really about helping indigenous peoples to empower themselves and, and strengthen their capacity to protect the places they live in. Well, again, very important work. And everyone who's featured in Nature's 10 has done incredible things in the past year. And we only have time to talk about these people, but there are a whole 10 of them. So listeners, if you're interested in finding out more, then head over to the show notes where there'll be a link to the feature article of Nature's 10. But for now, Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Cheers, thanks. And that's it for this edition of the show, and our last regular podcast of 2021. I want to take a moment to thank not only everyone on the Nature Podcast team, including you, Ben, but also to thank you at home for listening to us. We've had amazing responses from all of our listeners this year. We've had people writing in questions, engaging in polls, sending us tweets. It really makes a difference to hear what you think of the stories we cover and also helps inform which stories we're going to cover in the future. So do keep getting in touch. We love hearing from you. Yeah, absolutely right, Noah. And uh, listeners, you can do so on email, podcast at nature.com or on Twitter at naturepodcast. And if you feel like leaving us a nice review, then that would be much appreciated. So as Noah said, this is our last regular show of 2021, but next week we'll have our annual clip show where the team pick out some of the stories that have stood out to them over the past 12 months and we'll have an audio long read as well. And then we'll be back in the new year with more stories from the wide world of science. But for now, thank you so much. We're going to take a bit of a break and come back raring to go in 2022. I hope we'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.